1: luxury quality within reach go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order quince.com slash style hello everyone welcome back to going for goal the new women's health podcast i'm your host roshin Kane, and i'll be here each week to help you make good on the health goals you really want to nail in 2020 Before we get into this week's episode, I just want to say a huge thank you for all your feedback so far. If you are enjoying the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We're new around here, and it really helps others find us. As you'll have seen, this week we're looking at the goal of mastering meal prep. This week's goal was inspired by listener Linda. Let's hear from her now. Hi Women's Health, my name's Linda I need some help with spending, especially when it comes to
2: food Some weeks I'm great at Sunday meal prep and I sort a big shop which really helps But more and more I'm buying and eating food on the hop and it's costing me a fortune I've started tracking my spending on an app and so much of it is food Especially because I want to eat as healthy as
1: possible I had such good intentions for 2020 but they're just not coming true Help me sort my shit out Thanks to Linda for sending that in. It sparked loads of conversation in the Women's Health Office, and the more we chatted, the more it became clear that, for so many of us, meal prep isn't just about making sure you have food to eat. It's a statement of intent about the kind of week you want to have. It gives you a sense of being on it, and, indeed, to paraphrase Linda, like you have your shit together. All things considered a win-win. Here to explain why meal prep is the perfect conduit for getting your life in order and the real benefits it can have on your financial and psychological health and, crucially, how to do it, are two women from very different backgrounds with a ton of wisdom to impart. First, Hazel Wallace, an NHS doctor and founder of The Food Medic, a platform that aims to bridge the gap between traditional medical advice and the latest developments within nutrition and lifestyle medicine. She's the author of two books and shares seriously tasty batch cook recipes weekly on Instagram. Hello, Hazel.
2: Hi, thank you for having
1: me. (laughs) Thanks for coming on. I'm also joined by Emily Bellet, founder of Vespod, an online community that aims to empower women to take control of their finances and lose the taboo around talking about money after 10 years of working in finance she's a font of knowledge and all of what she's learned is distilled in probably the most reassuringly titled book I've come across this year you're not broke you're just pre-rich <laughs> hi Emily hello hi it's great to have you both on the show so Hazel this is as you said before favorite topic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very very much the comfort zone and um, how fundamental a role does meal planning play in your life both in terms of nutrition and generally in like being on top of everything.
2: Yeah, it is one of my favourite topics. And for people who follow me on Instagram, they'll know that I, I talk about it quite a lot and it features a lot because I think it's a really important part of an overall healthy lifestyle for lots of reasons, because of course, you're able to kind of manage what your diet's looking like for the week ahead, but also it means that just kind of removing that added stress that you have to face within the week. What am I going to eat today? What will I make for dinner? Those kind of questions that you're asking yourself on your way to work. So for me personally, I work in a busy central London hospital and some days... You know, if I don't bring a lunch with me, I won't get a lunch or I'll be going down to the canteen and having fishy chips and soggy, mushy peas. And it's not really (laughs) something that really, you know, (laughs) keeps me going for the rest of the day. So I know that it's crucial for me personally to make sure that I've got something that I can also look forward to for like five minutes to sit down on a busy day to know that I'm getting something nutritious and something that I've set aside for myself. So for lots of reasons, it's really important for me, but it's something that I
1: really encourage my patients, but also the people who follow me on Instagram Mm. to do. Mm. And you say you encourage it to your patients. Why would you recommend it to someone like Linda, who's looking to get their nutrition and general life in order?
2: Yeah, well, you know, it's tricky if you're not making your own meals to keep track of what's going into your body or what's Mm. in your diet. Of course, there's meal prep or there's meal planning apps where you can kind of track via barcodes and things like that but that's something I try to steer people away from because I Mm -hmm. think you lose the intuition around what you're actually putting into your body and what you need whereas when you're meal prepping you don't have to stick to specific you know macronutrients or things if you don't want to you Mm -hmm. can just focus on getting good nutritious um kind of foods into your into your diet and so in a way you can structure your meals to have you know good quality protein, carbohydrates, lots of colourful fruits and vegetables and things like that. And while there's not a lot of research into the kind of nutritional benefits of meal prepping, there was a, a study done in 2017 they kind of looked at previous data on a, a large cohort of French people mm. and they found that people who were meal prepping had more variety in their diet and were more likely to stick to the nutritional guidelines. Interesting. Which is really interesting. Now it, we also know that people are, who meal prep are also more likely to follow other healthier lifestyle behaviours. So it's a bit of a you sure, know is it is is the meal prepping the deciding factor in that or is it something else? Absolutely, um, but we all know ourselves that you know if you don't you know make your lunch or make your dinner and you're eating out, it's really tricky to know exactly what's what's in your meal. And you know if you're just picking up a sandwich are you just getting the carbohydrates and maybe the protein source, say it's chicken, and you're missing out on, you know, avocado or or other like leafy greens and things like that. Whereas if you're making it yourself, you can ensure you're getting every type of macronutrient. Yeah. And um oftentimes I find it's more filling when you make it yourself and you, you feel a slightly
1: more satisfied as well. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, Emily, you're connected to thousands of professional women through Vespod, um, which gives you significant insights into their kind of money habits and concerns. How much do you think they think about the money that they're spending on food? So I think... Initially, they don't think about it.
3: Uh, mm. I think, I mean, it may be one worry, or at least they don't know where their money is going. And I think the first step, and, and the, the, I think the question was really good, is that you need to look into your, your spending. So maybe using a, using an app, using an online bank, and that will break down your spending, and then you'll be able to see how much money you're spending on, on meals. So, for example, like
1: I'm thinking, so Monzo. Monzo. Like a Monzo, Monzo app where exactly. it divvies up everything in the pie chart and you're faced with it. <laughs> or Starling. I mean, they, they all do it. And you, yeah. you even have some
3: apps that you can plug in on your account and see like a very good breakdown of where your money is going. And you'll see that, you know, apart from rent and transportation, actually food cost is going to be quite a big, a big one. Mm. Um, And I mean, myself, I worked in in finance for a long time. I worked in investment banking. So I was in the office all day, most of the night and I wasn't preparing my meals. I was just spending and it's like, you know, 10 pounds for lunch, 10 pounds for dinner. So 20 pounds a day, that's actually a lot of money. Mm. And when you, when you look at your meals on a yearly basis, I mean, if you spend maybe 10 pounds a day, if it's like, you know lunch and, and coffee per year it can cost you more than two thousand pounds so that's actually a lot of money that you could put somewhere else then if you enjoy eating out I think it's it's fine you don't need to you know change completely your lifestyle I think it's making like very small changes very small habits mm. so maybe it's just starting with you know having uh, your your lunchbox once a week I mean meal prep can be a big word especially if you're if you're not used to it yeah and for me I'm you know I'm like wow I have two kids when am I gonna <laughs> you yes. know, start like cooking <laughs> yeah um, uh, for two hours but you can also just do it you know once a week on the Monday it's healthy Um, you can just do something different read at your desk Uh, but don't miss the social aspect like the 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 other days of the week and then you know slowly um, do more days and Mm. see how much money you can save on that
1: because it's a scale isn't it both in terms of the benefits on your um, your health and your nutrition but also in terms of your spending Um, Emily I know from researching you ahead of the show that you said you haven't always been Uh, so great with money, what changed then in order for you to be able to be um, more in control of your food spending?
3: Yeah, so I think the the first thing is is understanding where you are today. Uh, I think a lot of us, we just ignore our finances. We think about wellness, we think about health, work, we're all really busy, but we never take the time to look into our bank statements to, you know, open your app, look at how much you have in your account. And it can be worse. Sometimes you have a big credit card balance and you're not really looking into it. Mm. So for me, the first step is trying to be a bit more in control of your finances. So take some time for yourself. Maybe take, you know, 10 minutes open up your bank accounts, open up like your, you know, your statement, your pension statement and start writing down these numbers on a piece of paper. Mm. That can be a really scary exercise. But for me, I mean, especially working in banking and I I had quite a good salary, but I wasn't saving enough. I wasn't saving into my pension. I wasn't Mm. investing, but I didn't really know where Um, I was where I stand. Uh, So that was really the the first thing for me. And then when you want to make progress, I think it's quite a good idea to start building up a budget. Um, What we usually do when when we manage our money is we get paid at the beginning of the month. We spend money on a lot of things. And at the end of the month, we're like, oh, okay, we're screwed. (laughs) (laughs) We take money from our credit card. And then we don't save money. So I think something that we try to do with Vespod is trying to work on your savings at the beginning of the month. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when you receive your salary, there's a portion of your salary, maybe it's 50%, 70% that will go into your essentials, which means paying your rent, transportation, food. I mean, you can reduce part of your food cost, utility bills. Um, And then can you have this like small pocket of savings maybe that's one percent of your salary two percent maybe this money helps to repay some of your credit card debt or like build up an emergency fund but it's really important to do that at the beginning of the month mm. and protect the money put it somewhere else yeah so a pension an ISA, a nice saving account whatever it is but it's not on your current account anymore so you mm-hmm. can spend it and then the money that's left then you can feel free to go out spend it on shopping or whatever you like
1: yeah And actually, probably then, if you were deciding to, if someone was then deciding to go from spending £10, £12 a day on lunch, probably, actually, that's one of the easiest shifts to make, isn't it? And then you've got a chunk Mm-hmm. Which can go, if someone is struggling to save, then maybe that's a nice chunk that could then go into, um, yeah, to starting that saving.
3: Exactly. And then it's not a sacrifice anymore. So, I mean, I, I imagine it's a pleasure for you to prepare your meal. <laughs> maybe for someone for the first time, it can be a pain. <laughs> yeah, <that's
1: laughs> yeah, 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 but yeah, when true. you know you
3: were, you were you know, like spending £10 on, on Pret and then you put this £10 and you put it on a saving account, it's actually super rewarding because this will go towards your goals. So you can just name these accounts. And maybe this account is like your, you know, holiday, like Thailand holiday uh, fund. And then, (laughs) wow, £10 a week, it's really cool. So
1: much better than skipping uh, cheese ploughmans at lunch or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) The more we engage with it, the more it seems that there's a lot of crossover between the nuts and bolts of traditional self-care in like a health sense from, you know, sleep, nutrition and fitness. And looking after your money like it seems like there's a lot of there's a lot of crossover and sometimes doing one for one thing will benefit the other um would you agree
3: yeah, no, I, I completely agree. But for for me, for a long time, I agree with you. Self care was about yeah, sleeping well, eating well, having a like good relationship. But money was just something else, something I, I just ignored. Mm. But actually, by researching uh, a lot of the subject, I realized that you know financial wellness is actually one of the pillars of of, of wellness. Uh, so it's actually really important because when you have money issues, money worries, you're in debt, um, it can you, it can be super overwhelming, and you can actually feel really stressed. Mm. very anxious that will have an impact on your on your health
1: absolutely so I think
3: it's it's something you you need to consider and and of course you know once you have this peace of mind that you're in control of your money um, then you feel much better I don't think it's about being rich or having more money. Uh, that's really not the point. But I think it's understanding what you have today. What are your goals? Where do you want to be in five years, in 10 years? And try to, yeah, make it work, basically. So yeah. maybe, you know, ask for more money at work. Um, then start saving a bit more money. Cut some of your costs. Invest for the long term. So sort of mapping your life financially. And mm. it's not rocket science, to be honest, but you no. need to start somewhere.
4: That's blue
0: That's plushcare.com slash loss plushcare.com slash loss
1: I think we've established that getting into a good routine with meal prepping is a worthy goal for busy women, um, not only from a nutritional perspective, but also in terms of our financial and our psychological health too. So now let's move on to the how. Hazel, I'm mm-hmm. going to come to you. Meal prepper extraordinaire. Um, based on your experience, how would you advise Linda or other listeners to start?
2: It's really variable um, in terms of what people prefer in terms of setting out a meal prep schedule, and I think, like we just mentioned, meal prep as a word or as a term can be quite daunting. And <laughs> when it comes to when we think about it, we think about you know chicken and broccoli and rice all laid out <laughs> those in, in those identical, in those identical containers. <laughs> You know, and it's all like these big muscly men who are doing it um, or girls who are getting on stage. But really what meal prep is, is just preparing your meals for the week, whether it's lunches or dinners or breakfasts or all of the above. So for some people, it might be that, say, I'll take myself as an example. I prepare my breakfasts and my lunches because they're the meals that I have out of the home usually in work. And then my dinners are something that I'll make when I'm at home because that's something that I feel like I've got more time to do. I really enjoy doing it. Um, and it's one less thing for me to prepare on the weekend. So I would typically set aside um, a Sunday, not all of my day. I've got it down to, you know, maybe two hours maximum where mm. I'm prepping my meals. And that's, you know, for three to five days, really. And I will just try to do quite a few things at one time. I Try to keep my meal prep as simple as possible, though. Mm. I don't want to add too many ingredients in there. So I'm not like worrying about something on the stove, something in the oven, you know, grinding some other spices. (laughs) Keep it really simple. Um, But you also want to have, you know, variety into your diet. So what I say to people is pick a veg of the week. um, If you feel like you're falling into the same habit habit, and you are that person who's chicken and broccoli all the time, (laughs) maybe one week, try to switch it and try a new vegetable. But like I said, maybe it's not lunch times that you're struggling with or maybe you have lunch at work and that's something that's provided to you. It might be that you just prepare your breakfast in the morning. That streamlines your mornings, gives you more time in the mornings. It might allow you to go to the gym in the mornings. Mm -hmm. There's lots of benefits to doing, you know, various ways. Or like we mentioned before, it might be that you've got, you know, uh, quite a busy household, you've got kids. And meal prep's not something you want to do, but you might want to prep individual ingredients. So you could roast up loads of vegetables on the weekend you could maybe roast some salmon fillets and keep them in the fridge so it's a matter of pulling things out and kind of assembling
1: as opposed to having individually portioned um, meals yeah that that's something that i do quite a lot i'm not a good cook and i don't i don't i'm one of those people that i don't really take um that much satisfaction from it Mm. or maybe it's just because i haven't done it enough but something that i find really helpful is almost buying those like little things of brown rice or maybe like the strips of mackerel, or olives and cheese—something that you can just have in the fridge at work, yeah. have in the fridge at home, and just bung all together. So yeah. there's no excuses.
2: So they like I consider them and I don't mean this in a bad way, but like meal prep cheating. And I think yes. it's a... Re- it's a, a <laughs> I was going to say meal prep life, but fine. <laughs> it's suitable <laughs> cheating. So things like buying you know, chopped up vegetables or packets of like lentils or brown rice and things like that that can actually streamline your meal prep process. It's not ideal from a plastic point of view and, no. you know, and an environmental point no, of no, view, no. but sometimes there'll be incredibly busy weeks in your life and you just have to make those sacrifices. Um, But things like cans of lentils and chickpeas and mixed beans are incredible um, because they're really good sources of plant-based proteins. They're also high in fiber, good carbohydrates, and they've got a really long shelf life. So it's not like like you have to go out to the supermarket and buy fresh fruits and vegetables or fresh sweet potato or anything. You have that there Mm. as a backup. And on that note, I always make sure that I've got a kind of a supply in my freezer of fruits and vegetables um, that I can pull out if I haven't had a chance to get to the supermarket. Because I think we tend to shun frozen foods or tinned foods as something that's less healthy, when mm. really it's not. You know, there's there's you know some evidence to say that actually frozen fruits and vegetables could theoretically be healthier in that because they're frozen at source, they maintain all of the nutrients. Whereas if you have an avocado sitting on the shelf for seven to 10 days, not that an avocado would last that long, but it starts to lose nutrients. So Mm. it depends on how long they're on the shelf. So Mm. what I would say is, Don't be afraid to take those shortcuts um, and to make sure that you've got lots of long life food that's in the house. So it means that you're not constantly every, you know, three days having to go to the grocery supermarket and pick up like salad bags and things like that, Mm -hmm. because
1: then you just end up spending money. It's that frittering, isn't it? And is there something in the process of how you get your food? Because by the sounds of what Linda was saying, I know this is something that I end up doing quite a lot. I'm a like I just end up in my Sainsbury's local four times a week Mm. and you're picking up bits and you go in and it's like oh what do I fancy yeah and there's so much more um there's so much more room for emotion Mm. to come into it would you recommend that maybe people stock up on the essentials with like a weekly delivery or how do you do it
2: yeah absolutely I so living in London and not driving means I, I do a delivery every week where I'll just kind of get fresh vegetables and fruits and kind of some pulses and things like that and i think having that time maybe making the order on a week night when i know that i'm going to prep ahead on sunday for it to arrive that day and i just kind of have in my mind what lunches i want to make the week ahead Mm. i run a lunchbox club on my instagram and i try to inspire people to join it as well we make enough for three to four days um And because I'm doing that, I'm trying to include like a a variety of different, you know, fruits and vegetables and different types of grains and try to suit everyone's palates. But I've kind of gone down the route where I have found that it's almost easier to be um, kind of to have a base to work from. So when I say a base, I would say. When you're thinking about making a lunch, for example, or a dinner, it's not the same with a breakfast. I would always think about what's my protein source. And if, that, if you're veggie, it might be tofu, it might be chickpeas, it might be cheese. Or if you're mm. vegan, it might be pulses, whole grains, chickpeas, those kind of things. Or if you eat meat, meat or fish, it could be meat or fish. And then you're going to be looking at having a carbohydrate source. Again, that could be things like brown rice, that could be pasta, it could be sweet potato, it could be normal potato. And then you want to have some healthy fats in there. That could be anything from olive oil in your dressing, it could be, you know, smashed avocado, um, nuts and seeds. And then you want as much colour as you can as possible. So I usually go with some kind of leaf. Kale actually survives the lunchbox a lot better than spinach does. Mm. (laughs) I learned that from (laughs) it. yeah. Watery, yeah, like when they start yeah. to get that horrible dark colour. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, you know, like peppers or courgette or something like that. But it sounds quite extensive, but it can be really simple. So, for example, you can put in one tray all of your chopped up vegetables, chuck it in the oven and they will roast. Again, if you were making brown rice, you can have that going at the same time. And if you are maybe making tofu, you can either chop that up and chuck it in with your vegetables or you could fry it on the pan. Mm -hmm. So just finding ways that you can just do things without making
1: too much kind of commotion in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Because that can be the thing, isn't it? Where if you're starting to cook again, you can think like, right, I'm going to do something really impressive. Mm. But actually, by the sounds of it, it's just... If, if in terms of meal prepping functional functional and a little bit fun yeah is kind of the thing to aim for
2: absolutely because I mean I I think I, I really started meal prepping as a medical student and I've you know done it ever since so probably for the last 10 years and I still if I'm trying a new recipe I'll still get flustered because I'm like whoa, this is new I don't know what I'm doing what ingredients am I using what kind of Materials or instruments do I need? So what I would say is make sure you've got kind of you know a couple of really easy recipes in your back pocket that you can reach to. Like this is not a time to try you know a Michelin star recipe. (laughs) Don't show up at lunch for lunchtime. (laughs) Your colleagues don't care. Yeah, and there's some incredible lunchbox and books out there, and you know like. There's one called the Roasting Tin um, and they've got like, they're really colourful but also quite like simple and straightforward. Like one pot meals are really great. Um, Like I said on my Instagram, I try to share as many really simple recipes because what I find is lots of people, the feedback I get is, thank God like your ingredient list isn't, you know, super long or it's not going to take me hours in the kitchen or I don't have to, you know, hike to a really niche health food store for this particular ingredient. Mm. Um, and that's how it should feel. It should just feel as part of your every day or every week routine as much as going to the gym or doing your laundry. It's one of those things that you do that helps you feel slightly more in control
1: of your life and also your health. Because feeling in control as well, it, it matters, doesn't it? And you can tell from, from Linda's voice note at the start, the thing that's bothering her, it's not even necessarily how much money she has, is that she doesn't know she doesn't know what's what's going on with it. Mm. So, Emily, what? obviously your situation is different because you've got children. What kind of hacks do you have for helping people, um, maybe any mums listening, helping them kind of stay on track with their money um, whilst also prioritising their nutrition?
3: Yeah, so on the on the meal prep, I I actually do it, uh, but I do it a slightly different way. I love following you on Instagram (laughs) because that gives me plenty of ideas. So we we quite like cooking. So what what we do is usually on on like Saturday morning, we go to our local markets and we buy a lot of veggies and, and fruits for the week, and that will last us like generally until the Friday. Um, And then, I mean, at night when you have kids, I mean, unless I have a Vespa event or a social event, I'm going to be home and one of us is going to be with the kids cooking anyway. So we try to cook like, Two more portions, usually of whatever we cook, uh, and then we put that in a box, and then we eat it like the next day or the day after. So we always have like our lunch. I mean, most of the days we're gonna have our lunch ready um, for for the for the next day. So I think you you save a lot of money and actually doing shopping uh, in a local market I mean the, the fruits and veggies are really good and I compared that to my supermarket um and I, I realized that it's actually cheaper so I think it's also oh, wow. worth looking into that and there's some really good like box delivery of, of veggies maybe mm, that's what you do yeah. and they can be much cheaper I mean also like going in getting into Sainsbury's and seeing all these fruits and veggies like wrapped in in plastic that just Makes me really sad, yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to buy that anymore. Um, so yeah, if you can find like yeah local shops, maybe you know if you eat meat, I have we have a local butcher, local like fishmonger, and if you eat once or twice a week, it's not that expensive, and mm. and yeah, it's you can you can really cook like healthy meals and stuff, um, and obviously we cook for the for the kids um, in the evening. I think it's it's quite meditative also to like cook cook for yeah. yourself, so it's yeah. just a good break. I know my days are like you know rushing the whole day trying to finish my day on time, see the kids, maybe have this event and stuff. But actually just dropping like your phone, computer and spending like an hour or maybe two hours on a Sunday. Mm. It's actually really good uh, to have this this time off and do something um, different.
1: And when you're in the flow of it, do you listen to anything? Like do you listen to podcasts? Do you have music on? What is that time for you, Hazel, on a Sunday?
2: Um, I do listen I usually listen to music or a podcast I find that if I get too into my meal prepping and I'm listening to a podcast then I'm either I forget what I'm doing with one of them so usually I'm like listening to a playlist on Spotify Um, I, I like you really enjoy doing it I find it really meditative I find it really relaxing it's like Part of my, you know, my favourite part of a Sunday after I usually go to the gym and then I come back and that's my morning to do it. And Mm. so I know I've kind of set that away and I'm prepared for the week and I feel slightly
1: more in control on the Sunday. The morning, that's actually, that's a really good point because often I say I'd, I'd often do it in the afternoon. Yeah. But then, but then you always have ten million other th- other things to do, don't you? So the Absolutely. morning's a great show.
2: I think mornings because you don't want to waste your, not waste your Sunday, but you don't want to spend your Sunday in the kitchen either because <laughs> it is your day off, and you shouldn't feel like you're slaving over a hot stove for just to make yourself lunches. So definitely use your morning. You know, have your slow Sunday morning, but use the last few hours of the morning to just kind of set some time aside. Think about, you know, what meals do you need to make ahead of time? What meals are you going to be having out in the week so you don't need to make them? Mm. Um, And you need to just kind of be prepared, look ahead at your schedule um, and think about what's coming up because it might be that you are just someone who wants to just make your lunches. That's fine because Mm. lots of people have breakfast at home or have dinners at home and things like that. So don't feel like just because you're kind of, getting into the meal prep process that you have to do breakfast lunch and dinner and snacks and have it like completely meticulous and every meal in a box because meal prep is not about that um so what I would say to people is just kind of definitely find some time if it's not Sunday it might be a different part of the week it might be a different time of the week you might find that actually you really enjoy doing it on a Friday night not me but um yeah
1: it's just find a schedule that that fits for you. So be a bit intuitive with it as well. So you've got this structure, you've got this framework, but be a bit softly, softly within it. Absolutely. Okay, finally then, um, if you both have one piece of advice for Linda and other listeners who might be in a similar position, um, to help her meal prep like a pro and feel like she's back on top of things, what would it be?
2: Um, I think I would tell her to invest in some good kind of utensils and containers for her meal prep because making nice. that small investment will mean that she's making a long-term investment to her health and also her kind of her goals moving forward and um, they can't you know to get a good quality container sometimes you do have to spend maybe 20 quid but they're really sturdy mm. they last a long time get one that's leak proof and also you don't need to get loads of
1: them. Nice. I love that. Very <laughs> practical. Make the tools a bit more into enjoy- Because yeah. a bad workman blames their tools, right? Yeah, so make- absolutely. <laughs> remove that option. Um, Emily, what about you? Yeah. And for
3: me, there's a strong parallel with finance and saving money. So, I mean, one thing that we always do at Body is get a very nice notebook, actually, and start ah. writing about your finances. And it can be a bit meals also. Uh, but yeah, maybe save a bit of time on a Saturday morning. It can be 10 minutes. And it's like a journal for your money. So the first day you're going to write all your, all your numbers and then every week just catch up on your savings, how much money you've saved, how much money you've put in your saving accounts.
1: And then you close it and you're done. And you can, you know, look forward to the next week. I love it. Bringing it all together because yeah. it's all self-care. A big thanks to both of you for coming on this week's Going For Goal and to all of you lot for listening. If you've enjoyed today's episode, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or spread the word on social using hashtag Going For Goal. This show is all about helping you achieve the health goals you really care about. So we'd love to hear what yours are. All you need to do is shoot us a brief voice note via the direct message function on Instagram, telling us your name and about the goal you want to achieve. If you're not following us already, you can find us at Women's Health UK. I'll be back next week with new guests and a whole new goal to hit. So do join us then. And for now, it's bye from me. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)